Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another very interesting podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about cybersecurity. I'm your host. My name is Mondo McHale. I'm the Systems and Solutions Architect with AD Link Technology. Today, we have with us Mr. Tom Goodman. He's the Chief Growth Officer with B Data Corporation. Tom is an experienced and successful international business development leader. He has a global network of senior leadership contacts across government, industry, and partner organizations. Hi, Tom. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us for this fascinating discussion. Good afternoon, Mondo. Appreciate the time and the opportunity to uh, talk with your audience. Uh, thank you very much. All right. All right. I'm really looking forward to this. So today is our topic of cybersecurity. It's a, it's a really broad and very interesting topic, and I think different people have uh, many different uh, aspects of this. Uh, you know, for those of us who are hearing cybersecurity, we seem to hear it quite a bit, cybersecurity, what it currently is. I was just at the San Francisco RSA show a couple of weeks ago. I was really pretty floored. I didn't realize just how many players software players and some hardware players were really focused on cybersecurity. There was an emphasis on zero trust that seems to be really the prevailing concept that I got from the show. There were some solutions, like I said, that were hardware-based, but the majority of them are software-based. So Tom, can you help us get a better understanding uh, the broader concepts of cy cybersecurity, what it really means, and the concept of zero trust as well? Sure, uh, and it's you know obviously a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, you know what I've been able to observe over a number uh, of years now is that the understanding of data itself and our dependency on this data has really kind of driven the need for the types of technologies that you saw at the RSA conference. Um, you know. We all depend on data for pretty much every aspect of our lives today, whether it's in how we do business, how we bank, and what we do in our homes. So um, we, we are um, very fortunate to be able to have very enriched data sets upon which we can enjoy our lives. But at the same time, we people also recognize the importance of protecting that data. So that's why you see a lot of these products that are in the market today that are focusing on uh, not only a software-based approach to try to tackle some unique aspects of where data can be compromised. Um, you also have a lot of hardware capabilities out there that can really ensure those different layers of protection that you wanna have in place so that at the end of the day, what we depend on uh, is accurate, is true, and we have an assurance that we can make decisions uh, that are informed by, by credible data that we receive. Zero trust is a, is a concept that has come around for the last couple of years, and really at the end of the day, what zero trust kind of points us towards is this notion that no matter who I am talking to, no matter what type of data I'm receiving, it's important that I continuously verify what's going on, what I'm receiving, who I'm communicating with. The importance of this uh, notion of continuous verification is a recognition of the fact that threat actors today are very sophisticated. They have very complex attacks that are done over time. These attacks understand and learn our behaviors and the behaviors of the platforms that we're using. So the idea that I'm just going to live in a space of having zero trust and I'm just gonna continuously verify who I'm talking to, 
What that means at the end of the day is I'm going to always have an important focus and pay close attention on a continual basis to what I'm seeing, what I'm consuming in order to uh, have confidence in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. It does. It's kind of like a uh, assume guilty till proven innocent type of uh, approach. You know, I, I absolutely. You know, uh, you know, a long time ago during the Cold War days, there used to be this uh, notion of uh, trust but verify, and it's kind of following that concept. We're going to we're going to try to trust everything we're doing, but we're always going to verify it. And I think that's in, uh, important uh, for any vendor, but I think also for the users of the information themselves. You always want to uh, be vigilant in in what it is that you're doing because your information can be compromised. Data can be stolen. You can have financial impact in just an absolute second uh, if you're not maintaining that constant level of vigilance. Right, right. That, that's an interesting aspect about the the data itself. You know, the 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 companies with the, the the highest cap, I guess, valuations these days don't produce a lot of product. They're actually valued for the data they have and what analytics can can be derived from that data. You know, through the years, I've noticed that devices, you know, had been producing data for decades, you know, large devices, small devices. But as as silicon gets smaller and smaller and the ability to provide Internet access on that silicon becomes cheaper and cheaper, there's more and more devices out there that are producing small amounts of data, but vast amounts of data as well. How has this technology shift in the way devices can output data to the internet, whether it's uh, local area networks, wide area networks, or even over 5G space, how has that affected cybersecurity? And especially on the focus of the data through AI, that seems to be the the, the biggest thing going on now. Uh, currently, everyone's looking at the data, trying to monetize it, trying to uh, gain consumer behavior, trying to interact with it to sell more products or to influence their decisions. How has cybersecurity really evolved with, with technology and artificial intelligence? Well, you just mentioned a really interesting point when, it when you were talking about how people are trying to monetize the data. The data itself, when when hardware or software um, transacts that data. It's, it's akin to harvesting something. If you were to, for example, go out into a field somewhere and you reach down, you scoop up a handful of dirt, you know, part of you says, great, I've got this handful of dirt. But when you go down and you take a look at it in each of those little individual particles of dirt, every single thing is different. And that is something like data where you can get down to those individual pieces and you can harvest it and then you can monetize it as, as you described. So, so the data that's there and the capabilities that we're seeing being brought to market today are becoming much more adept at harvesting what's there, um, being able to understand how particular, very specific types of data sets can be monetized and then can in turn, you know, either drive a particular kind of an application or create a perspective or a point of view, that's where the value comes from. From a cybersecurity standpoint, you have to follow along at the exact same pace upon which data is being monetized in order to be able to protect it. Because if it has value for the monetization, that means it's also got value from being exploited. And that's why it's important that cybersecurity technologies follow that along. Now, you know, I want to pick up on this point that you brought up uh, in particular around artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence kind of as a 
as a construct has been around for a long time in the e-commerce world, particularly as the major e-commerce websites have become better and more adept at being able to fulfill consumer needs. You start to see behaviors where these websites understand my browsing behavior. They understand the data footprint that I've left behind and what I've pulled out in my inquiry. And therefore they serve up an experience based on using the intelligence that they've gained to make my experience better. Artificial intelligence as it relates to cybersecurity can do the exact same thing. And that's why you see a lot of products right now really taking into account the use of AI and how can they better um, not only pull the data uh, that's being um, looked at from a cybersecurity standpoint, but bring forth a perspective that the cybersecurity operator or defender can look at in order to be able to make an informed decision and advise the business. If I can see that there are particular trends in threat actors trying to target specific kinds of data, then, and, and I can see that because of the AI built into my cybersecurity platform, as the operator of the business, I'm gonna be better positioned to be able to actually not only understand the risk to my business, but be able to mitigate any potential threat and operate through a cyber attack or a cyber challenge. And that's why I'm really, I'm, I'm quite happy and, and, and excited about the fact that we've got all these different things going on that are going to bring about so much more strength in the cybersecurity tools that are being brought into the market today. Right. It just becomes so critical when I think about it. I mean, even just surfing the Internet, the data that that comes at you based on your queries, you pretty much trust it to be real, you know, unless it's advertising and so forth. But still, uh, you have to make sure that it doesn't influence your behavior, whether it's, you know, the way you vote, whether it's the way your perceptions, whether it's just your view of the world. It's just can be so compromised. So I can see how cybersecurity plays such a huge role in that. Now, Given that's really a fact, what's the difference in cybersecurity approaches? There's so many different vertical markets that use it, everything from hospitals to manufacturing to utilities to financial institutions, even, even to, to automobiles, self-driving automobiles and robots. These are different areas in IT, OT, IOT, uh, IoT, and some of them are even cloud-based. What are the different ways to approach cybersecurity for these different vertical markets and each one based on my experience requires different you know certifications hospitals use hipaa uh you know manufacturing has its own certs financial institutions have to follow certain regulations and so forth how does cybersecurity and uh, address those challenges well um so Mondo, you're bringing up a really important thing that people uh, need to understand and that is that the transition that cybersecurity is undergoing being primarily an IT or technical problem to really now being more of a business problem at the end of the day. And it's becoming so incredibly important for the CEOs and the COOs and CFOs of the world to understand what is the risk to their business uh, that cybersecurity or, or potential gaps in cybersecurity may bring and what do they need to do to be able to address it you know at the end of the day there is no perfect solution that will protect you from anything uh you know it's just uh, it'd be nice if we lived in that kind of a perfect world but the reality is that we don't so 
those that operate and manage businesses, those in the leadership roles have to be able to understand, all right, this is what I have to do in order to be able to make my business successful. What are the risks that I have to be able to tolerate? And what are the processes uh, or, you know, some people call it TTPs, uh, techniques, tactics, and procedures to be able to, um, you know, put in place an ability to deal with the challenge, operate through it, learn from it, and continue to move forward. Um, that That's why if you take a look at what some of the requirements are from a market segment standpoint, hospitals are a little bit different because they have different types of risks that they can and cannot assume when it comes to patient safety and patient health care. If you take a look at something like energy production, whether it could be the grid, it could be refinery operations, or you can take a look at critical infrastructure as a whole, be it water or, or uh, the electrical grid, this has a direct and daily impact on our lives. And so those operators have to be able to understand, all right, how do I ensure that in the event of a cyber attack that my water purification systems stay online and I don't run into any kind of risk of contaminating the water systems? How do I make sure that power stays on, particularly if we've got a situation where I have you know, people that are dependent upon medical equipment to be up and running or traffic management systems or transportation systems being available. We've seen some instances recently where um, our airline companies and the aviation ecosystem as a whole has undergone some cyber challenges because of, you know, what's, what, what appears to be some kind of missteps in basic cyber practices. But at the end of the day, people now understand that even something as simple as, you know, making sure that aircraft operate on time and, and can meet their schedules, if you don't have certain kinds of information available to you, then the operations come to a standstill. And that's where I think what's this, this nexus for cybersecurity now being tied much more closely to operations, I think is incredibly important. It drives home the importance of being able to see the impact on business operations day-to-day -day life. Right. Right. A excellent point. Now, uh, you know, I wasn't familiar with B data until uh, we agreed to do this podcast. So I'm really, really happy this opportunity came about. But B data has a very interesting approach. You guys are more down at the physical layer where the data actually touches the wire and is taken off the wire. Hel help us understand why that's unique and, and why that that gives a certain uh, additional guarantee of security. Uh, well, great question and appreciate the opportunity to kind of discuss it a little bit. When when we were looking at where um, there are vulnerabilities in the uh, data transactions throughout any application, throughout any communications infrastructure, we wanted to make sure that we could come forward with a product that could address security at the lowest level possible in the data transaction, almost like we're attacking it from a DNA level. And so when we look at the different layers of a communication stack, the lowest layer you can go to is the physical layer. That's right at the very absolute bottom. And in the data environment, the place where you can always hit that physical layer is at the microprocessor. Every piece of hardware out there has some form of microprocessing environment that allows your data to move from point A to point B. So that's how we designed the product. We designed the product to 
take a look at that lowest possible layer at, you know, the DNA. We designed it so that it would create a, an immutable fingerprint of that DNA and then use a combination of very robust standards-based technologies that will harden that DNA level, that microprocessor uh, environment in such a way that it can achieve something called non-repudiation. Now, a little bit of a geeky term, but at the end of the day, what that means is every single microprocessor becomes unique, can't be replicated, can't steal information from uh, in between the different data points. And that's why I think we're a little bit unique in what we do. Um, we integrate with a number of different technologies because we recognize that organizations have already made lots of investment and we support that. But we wanted to be able to sit there and extend the layer of security um, all the way up to the lowest possible level in the data transaction stack. And then from there, all of those security behaviors, processes, and principles work their way up through uh, the data transaction. That's why uh, we've taken that approach, and that's why we found it's been kind of a unique and refreshing uh, way to uh, address the problem. It helps organizations continue to capitalize on, on investment that they already have made, but at the same time, it gives them an ability to drive a lot of efficiency and then start to recover some of that cost through the efficiency. Right, right. Wow, that, that sounds like a really fascinating approach. If someone were interested to find out a bit more, is there a way they can try it before they, you know, d dive deeper into it? It's, it? it's a big resource uh, investment on someone's corporation. So is there a way to kind of evaluate it? Oh, absolutely. And, that, and, and we recognize just like if you were to go out and buy a car or you want to go out and buy a house, you want to test drive or you want to take a look at the house before you make the investment. Security technology should be the same way. So we welcome the opportunity for customers or partners to come to us and say, listen, can you come out and just let us, or can you come out and let us evaluate your technology in a small controlled way? And um, what we do requires, even if they're making the purchase, there's no um, startup hardware investment required or anything like that. We come out, we install the software, we help you integrate it and show you how it can work and then give you the opportunity to test it yourself to see, can I actually not only manage this, but can I can I deploy it in such a way that I don't have to shut down and disrupt operations or anything like that? That's exactly what we do. And all they need to do is reach out and contact us through our website or they can contact me directly. And we'd be happy to sit down and talk to any person who wants to evaluate this and see where we can be a complement to and help them really extend their security out to their most distant endpoint in their data environment. Wow, that's uh, that's fantastic that uh, that they can really try it out. That way, they can uh, see you know how how much value it brings to them. That's wonderful, Tom. Thank you so much. I know we can talk about this subject for hours and hours, but uh, you know our, our our podcast is coming to a close. I thank you. I thank everyone for joining us today. My special guest was Tom Goodman, Chief Growth Officer at B Data. Tom, thank you for joining me, and we look forward to the next podcast. Andrew, thanks a lot. Have a great day. You too. Bye, everyone.